You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Dorada, Kovaliga immediately took control of the derby and shot away. Look at Kovaliga go. Promises kept comes out of the ruck. Running on fairly down the outside with stroke of luck. But look at Kovaliga. He's a mile in front with 100 metres left to go. Fame has made up many lengths getting to second. Stroke of luck third. But Kovaliga, too good. Yes, welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with the captain, Guy Moldcaster, and of course, Gareth Hall, myself, and it's another big show coming your way. Looking forward to catching up with Sam Fairgrey, the boss of Yulong, because didn't they have some sale? And it hasn't finished yet on the Magic Millions there on the Gold Coast, but we just heard it. Kovalika, this man, he purchased his horse in New Zealand. He's been tipping Kovalika for the derby for as long as I can remember, basically since he purchased this this three-year-old, and he joins us now. Guy Moldcaster, you're the Queensland Derby King. Morning, Gareth. Yeah, it was a hell of an exciting weekend. Um, went up there with the owners, and uh, we watched um, Kukaracha win early in the day, won the Premier's Cup, and yeah. uh, it was fingers crossed that Kovaliki could do the job, and to be fair, it was pretty painless. It was painless, wasn't it? He was never in doubt, and... He's a good horse. How good is he, Guy? Because everybody's talking him up. Maybe he's a Caulfield Cup horse. I guess he needs to needs to go to another level from a three to four year old. But how good do you think that he can can? Uh, how good do you think he can be? I think you have to take a little line through his run in the weight for age race the week before. It was a pretty good run. He'd come off a small setback, and in the Derby, just dealt to them really. Um, he. He just tra- travelled wide wide from the 600 and, and put them to the sword at the top of the straight. So I think the world's his oyster. Um, I was pretty keen to ask Chris to run him in the QE2 in a couple of weeks, and uh, that was never going to happen. He's headed out yesterday to the paddock to eat some grass and have a nice holiday for a month. So what happens there? I thought you were the boss. <laughs> no, not in this situation, Gareth. Why did you want to go to the QE2? Because I thought it'd be a good race for him to win, and we we've never won that race before. Yeah, it's a Group Two, one point two million dollar race, and I think without a fight might be tough to beat. It was quite impressive on that day on Saturday as well at Eagle Farm. But what was the reasoning for Chris not listening to you? Uh he has a plan with these horses for the carnival. He yeah. knows how long they need to have a break for. And if he'd gone to the QE2, he probably would have just had to shorten his breakup, which probably wasn't ideal. Explain the story behind Kovalika, because Kukaracha, I think, was a New Zealand bred galloper as well that won a derby and, of course, won again on Saturday after a bit of a while in between drinks from, from victories. But he, he got the job done, Kukaracha, there the other day. But what's the secret to picking these classic winners there, Guy? Um. Probably a lot to do with our grassroots in New Zealand. You know, we grew up there and we dealt with these horses year in, year out. And having worked with Chris for a number of years, we worked out what sort of horses suit the job. And that year we only had a quick rip round them because of the uh, COVID was kicking into action. And uh, I found found this horse at, uh, at Curramore Stud. And yeah. we've managed to get Ossipink up the same sale and we've got Super Children, the Oaks, on Saturday from the same sale as well. I know you've had success at Caramore before. Um, do you like going back to the same farms? And how important is the farm when you're choosing a, a yearling? 
Well, some farms have winners and some farms don't, Gareth. So, you know, it makes a big difference. We got Unforgotten from uh, Caramore Stud and she was really, really yeah. good to us. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to keep going back. We had Kabush. He, he ran well on the derby previously from Caramore as well. So, fingers crossed, we, could, we bought a couple from him this year. We can get have a couple of good horses come out next year. So, how do you identify good farms? Is it when you go and see the yearlings and you look at their property and the way that they go about it, or are you just looking at what they're producing, the results they produce on the racetrack? Uh, no, you're basically looking at, for a continuity of draft. If you see 10 horses and they, you know, all look similarly, similarly prepared, um, they have to all look the same. And if there's one that doesn't look the same as the others in the draft, you try to find out why, if it's come from a different farm or it's had a setback in its preparation. Because at the sales, is like a, a horse's group one. It, it has to look the best it can, and that's what you're looking for at the sales. We talk about speed in this country and gallopers that produce fast horses, but when you have a look at the Cox Plate champs of recent times in Ocean Park and Savabil and So You Think and Seamus Award, who side incentivized. Geez, the Cox Plate winners have done a mighty job, haven't they? And and you've had a lot of success with some of those sides that have been Cox Plate champs over the years, Guy. Yeah, I think the thing is, Gareth, they have to have some tactical speed. They yeah. can't be just real grinders. They have to be able to have won a good mile somewhere along their career and that's, sort of, you know, to give them the chance to be in a good position at Mooney Valley. I don't think you really just want to be giving away too much start all the time at the Valley because they get going early and they and the last thousands are pretty tough effort. So the closer you are, the better you are as long as you're not the bunny in front. So is that is that good news then for a, a sire like an Adamo and, and a state of rest that are basically starting their careers together, the last two Cox Plate champs, when you have a look at the records of like it? So you think... He produced the the Group One winner for Joe Pride there. Think about it on Saturday as well. So it was a big day for the Cox Plate champs. Oh, totally. But you know, the Cox Plate is one of our best races in yeah. Australia. Yeah. Wait for age two thousand meters. I thought we only produced British guy. Well, Gareth, every dog has his day. Yeah, that is a very good point you make. What did you make of the broodmare sales? Because. I'm fascinated to have a chat to Sam Fairgrave because Mrs. Yang was very, very hard to beat. It was like you at the nightclub back in your day in New Zealand. No one was beating you. <laughs> well, you know, Mr. Yang spent $22 million last year and he came back and put another 50% on it this year, which is a great effort. But he's yeah. got some wonderful stallions uh, standing there at Yulong and he's very keen to support them. So I think it's on, onwards and upwards for um, Yulong. Did you have much success there with the wheelings and obviously the the sale for the yearlings now for the, the, the May sales in full swing? Oh, we've done our due diligence at each sale, but we um we came up short at the weanling sale just due to the cost of them and we sold um sold a number of fillies out of the stable in the broodmare sale and um one of them went pretty well. She made four hundred and sixty thousand for a one win horse and she was a half sister to Imperatrice, so the pedigree came through there. So do you think we're selling our mares earlier now because of the prices that, that we can get for our brood mares? Not necessarily, no. Gareth. I think everybody has a commitment. They've got horses in the system. They've got yearlings they've bought. They've got two-year-olds they haven't tried. And at the end of their three-year-old career, unless they're going to be proper group horses, it's probably a good time to trade them. Yeah. So when this May Carnival 
Well, the May sale finishes up. That's basically the sale season done and dusted in this country. Do you now look towards Europe and Japan? Yeah, but we're looking at horses every night from Europe at the moment. Most of them don't really want to sell until after Royal Ascot. There has been a couple traded this week um, for pretty big amounts, but those most of those owners have stayed in and uh, and those horses will run at Royal Ascot. So, Captain, what's the process there? Do you have a bloodstock um, person in, in, in the UK or Europe and, or are you just watching replay after replay and you've got a checklist trying to identify horses that will be suited here? No, we've got... I work closely with another guy and we um, he, he watches the replays and we talk about the results every day and he comes up with a horse every every day or two days, yep. you know. So we just go through them and see if they're going to suit, see who owns them, see if they can be bought and, and work away from there. I was talking to a few of the trainers about this, Captain, and it's been like I think a few of the trainers are still working out the best scallopers to buy from – from Europe and they're still trying to work out what trainers they get them from because there's some trainers that can actually absolutely get everything out of their horses over in the UK and then when you purchase them for big money and they arrive here they've got zero petrol tickets left. It's a bit um, like when you it's a bit like when you spend a week with you and then you go back home. Like there's no chance that you're going to perform for the next year or so. I think the thing is you've got to look at a number of horses that have come out here once they've been given time, they adapt. They enjoy our different training regime, and some of them perform. And I think it's like like anything. Some perform and some don't perform, but, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah. What about the yearlings over there? Um, I've been to a number of yearling sales. I haven't really purchased very many, um, probably because it is a bit of a slow burn. They're half a year out of, out of, out of whack with our horses, which means that they can't really compete in the age group racing. Yeah. Just before we go to a break, and Sam Fairgray will be joining us next. Some tough news for some of our stallion star stallions that passed away recently. Fiorente, the Melbourne Cup champ that I thought did a wonderful job there at Stud. He passed away over the, in the last 24 hours, I think, last 48 hours. And Trustin August also passed away recently. He was a star for Darren Weir and had success there at Swettenham Stud. So two of the the um, star gallopers that made it as, as bulls um, we've lost over the last 48 hours, Captain, which is sad. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the, the market can't really do without some horses like that. Yeah. But when you have livestock, you have dead stock, Gareth. You know, they, they're going to die at some stage and it's a pity that those ones happen to meet their fate this week. We'll take a quick break. The captain's with us live from the Gold Coast. And this is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with the captain, Gareth Hall. I'm not the captain. Guy Molcast is the captain. I'm Gareth Hall. I'm with you as well. I'm just enjoying the ride with the captain. We'll take a break on the other side of it. Sam Fairgray will be joining us from Yearlong Stud. You're listening to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Welcome to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter, Gareth Hall with you. And, of course, the captain, Guy Moldcaster, very special guest, the boss of Yulong Farm here in Victoria. Sam Fairgray joins us after a pretty successful time of it at the May Magic Millions Carnival, I should say, sale there up on the, on the Gold Coast. And Sam has been good enough to join us on this Wednesday. Hello to you, Sam. Thanks for your time. Good morning, Gareth. Um, geez, it was some sale, mate. Were you expecting to spend as much as you did? 
Uh, we uh, the last last year we um, had to front up and, uh, and pay up for the, the good mares. So um, you know when you want to buy the quality, you always have to pay that little bit extra. So um, but pleased with what we uh, came home with. So Mr. Zhang, he's making quite an impact in Australian breeding, well breeding for that matter. Um, so what's the what's the aim and goal? So where do you want to be in five years' time? So ideally, he uh, he wants to have a world class broodmare band um, to support our stallions. Um, you know, increase our stallion roster this year. Uh, we'll have seven stallions uh, on the roster, and um, you know we uh, increased the racing team by buying uh, more yearlings this year. So he's sort of modelling a bit around um, what Katsumi Yoshida has done with Northern Farm and uh, going out and buying you know, good families and, and high-class race uh, fillies and mares and, and building from there. So with the brood mares that you've got now, do you just look after your own stallions or do you venture outside of, of Yearlong? How does that all work and how, what, what goes into that process? Ultimately, um, you know, supporting our own stallions to give them you know, every opportunity at stud. Um, if, you know, for some reason there is, um, you know, a neck or... Uh, a stallion outside the farm that we think um, you know we want to use, we'll definitely do it. But obviously, um, we buy a lot of mares uh, in the fold to a different range of, of stallions, so that gives us a bit of diversity um, within our weanling and, and yearling group each year. Guy, you've been in this game for a long time. Have you ever seen someone like Mr. Jane come in and do what he's been able to do for our breeding game in this country over what he's been able to do in the last couple of years? Well, I think on, um, on you know, we've been. Ground, ground in Australia it, it is basically the first time we've seen such an amazing amount of money injected. And as Sam did mention, uh, the Yoshidas were doing it for numbers of years, buying our better mares off the track and taking them back to Japan. And as we've seen in the last little while, they're getting very, very good results. And I'm sure the same's going to happen at Yulong. So, Sam, when you purchase those mares now up on the Gold Coast, they go straight back to the farm. Um, and then you make your decision where they go from there regarding which stallion you, right. you, you, you want to mate them with? When we're, um, when we're doing our inspections um, and you know, our pedigree work, we do sort of try and have a look and see which of our stallions, um, you know, pedigree and physically, they would match up with. So um, we sort of have a tentative idea, and, and once we sort of now have got to the end of the sale, um, we'll sit down in the, in the next couple of days and, and just confirm um, the matings um, for all those mares, but they're all um, all safely back uh, here at the farm. So um, there'll be uh, the the main mares that have come off the track. We'll start getting them ready for the breeding season in September soon. Is that the most enjoyable part, sitting down and trying to work out which mares go where? Or yeah, the most stressful it's, part? It's, <laughs> no, it's, it is interesting. Um, you know, looking at looking at families and pedigrees and seeing what has worked previously. Um, with the family and and uh, you know certain necks and crosses, trying to um, you try to balance it up with the the right physical uh, match for the mare and the stallion, as as well as the um, the bloodline sort of thing, trying to get something there that is going to ultimately give you a you know hopefully a higher chance of producing a um, athlete. So you had Forbidden Love four point one million dollars, Snap Dance at three point two, Isotope two point two million, and Promising Success. 1.35, who raced there on Saturday. How many of those mares will promise a success day and work? Um, and will you race many of those mares that you purchased there on the Gold Coast or they basically were purchased to, to breed with immediately? 
Yes, the uh, promising success. She'll uh, retire to stud uh, this year. She's um, she'll have another one or two runs, uh, probably the the Dane uh, Ripper into the the Tats Tiara, um, all going well. Um, but um, following that, she'll um, be back at the farm and, and get bred. So no, the idea is to um, to uh, breed all these these mares we bought. And you purchased Away Game, Melody Bell, and Tefane last year for big money. How are they? How are they going, Sam? Very good. Um, Melody Bell, um, we purchased two years ago, and she's got a lovely written tycoon filly on the ground. Um, very pleased with you know her first foal. And uh, Away Game and Tefane are both uh, safely in foal to uh, written tycoon. So okay. um, we eagerly await to see uh, what they can produce. Now, it's not only Australia that you made a big splash. Of course, you purchased alcohol-free for nearly, I think, the the second amount or second most amount of money ever purchased at an English sale, just over $10 million. And you purchased a lot of broodmares there in the Northern Hemisphere, and they're all back in Australia as well. Um, What's the process there and the thinking behind all of that? And will you go back to Europe again this year? Yes, we. um, some of the mares stayed over in Ireland, Um, obviously Lucky Vega, um, he uh, he was bred um, over in Europe, so he um, he uh, does the shuttle uh, between Australia and there. So we support him with some of the mares there. But um, it's just about trying to you know get different bloodlines and and bring into um, you know, Australia to uh, help support the stallions. And and it's that whole model of, of you know looking right across the world, um, you know trying to find um, you know these elite mares and elite racehorses that we can um, bring and, and join our broodmare band. So you just want to stay and keep your main base in Australia? Would you venture to other parts of the world? At the moment, it's it's um, uh, about setting the, up in Australia and, and getting uh, this up and running well. And then once um, once that's up and running, then um, you know we can see uh, if we want to uh, go further afield. I don't want to put Sam on the spot here, Captain, but if you had a market in five years' time for the leading vendor, say at the Magic Millions or Inglis, where would would you long? I, I nearly want to be on them, wouldn't you, with the way that Mr. Yang has, has spent up in the last couple of years, taking on Arrowfield and the like, Coolmore and Newgate. Look out, Henry. I think in five years' time, the Broodmere Band's going to be absolutely amazing, really, Gareth, and uh, they've gone around about it the right way, and it's going to give these young stallions at Yulong the best possible chance. And, Sam, your journey's fascinating as well. You've worked at nearly all of the the best farms that this country has produced. Um, how did you get into this job working for you long? And have you been blown away with the, the, the passion, the amount of money that Mr. Jang is spending on this game to, to be one of the, the best farms in the world? Yes, I um, obviously had um, some time at Arrowfield, 14 years there and, and Newgate, and then um, decided to move down to Victoria and, um, uh, Mr. Zhang approached me and, and asked that I want to come on board and uh, thought I was sort of stepping into a nice little broodmare band of 70 and uh, it'd be a nice little boutique sort of thing to do. But uh, soon after I got here, I realised that uh, Mr. Zhang doesn't do things by small. So, um, you know, it's growing. But he um, his passion uh, for the industry and, and his vision and, and what he wants to achieve is um, amazing. He His knowledge about worldwide racing you know is fantastic so to have someone who um, obviously has the wealth to want to do it but most importantly the, the passion and and when he's uh, here in Australia he's um, out on the farm walking around all the 
the weanlings and the mares, and you know he has great eye for um, you know detail and, and so forth. So he picks up if he thinks one's not looking so good, or you know um, you know he sees a broken pipe, he's straight down um, you know on his hands and knees trying to fix it. So he's very much a hands-on um, owner, and uh, he really enjoys it. So, so what is he like then? Um, obviously, he likes to. He loves the game and he's and he's passionate about it as well. But does he enjoy the Australian trainers? Does he have a favourite Australian trainer? Um, does he like I to have a beer? He uh, he he does. He loves he loves the the whole industry and um, obviously now he's getting to know um, you know a lot more people. He um, he can't speak English, so it's all by translation. But he's feeling a lot more comfortable now and and the communication with the trainers and. And breeders alike, he um, he really enjoys the banter and and fun and and the camaraderie within the industry. I was watching him closely. You were walking around with him, Sam, at the Easter sales, and he was. I think the translator was with him, and I was still thinking to myself, he's a very smart man, Mister Zhang. I'm thinking maybe he does know a little bit of English, but he's just not letting on yet. Uh, quite quite possibly. Well, we. <laughs> We sort of now do have an understanding when we're we're talking. He starts nodding before the translator uh, <laughs> translator is finished uh, translating it, and vice versa. We sort of can pick up what each other uh, are trying to uh, get across. So he does get the captain's jokes then when he has a chat to him. <laughs> oh, I, I, there's a few people that don't get them. I think <laughs> Mr. Jane doesn't understand that either. So yeah. Sam. Um, and I'll go to you here, Captain, about year-long stallion roster. Now, Renton Tycoon's obviously private, but they've got Pierrata that they picked up from Aquas Farm, Tangaloa, Alabama Express. Grunt's made uh, such an impact in the early part of his career. You've got Lucky Vega and Diatonic. So they are building some stallion roster as well. Yeah, awesome, Gareth. But, I mean... When you've got uh, this many broodmares that they've uh, accumulated over the last three or four years, they've got plenty of stallions. They're probably going to want a few more. So, fingers crossed, we can get a good good colt off uh, off the track, and uh, Mister Zhang's going to want to buy that. Yeah, and Tangaloa. I know that my old mate who joins us for Giddy Up on a Monday morning, Johnny O'Neill and Aussie Kerr, had that um, that Blue Diamond winner. How's he performing, and how do you think his progeny will turn out, Sam? I think uh, I think his progeny um, are going to be really well received at the yearling sales. They're um, you know big, strong, forward you know types. So um, I think you know it's what the Australian um, trainers and, and syndicators are looking for. So I think uh, you know he's interesting that he's a outcross bloodline being by Lord Canelar, but obviously a Blue Diamond winner. Um, speed is what you know we want here in Australia. So. If um, you know, hopefully Tagalog can you know kick a few goals early on because it's going to be very important for the industry to have a um, you know different bloodline that um, is brought in. And we appreciate your time. We won't keep you for too much longer, Sam. But you, you were active as well with the weanling sales in Sydney and also on the Gold Coast. You purchased a couple of Frankel colts for nine hundred twenty-five thousand, seven hundred twenty-five thousand. What's your philosophy there with the weanlings? Will you sell them or um, raise so them? With, um, we'll um, we'll keep and, and race them, um, you know, in the hope that uh, you know one of the colts can uh, be a Group One winner and end, end up in the um, the stallion barn. Obviously, Frankel was a you know amazing stallion, and he's he's been able to be successful in both hemispheres. So 
um, we, we're just hopeful that uh, one of them can um, front up on the racetrack and, uh, and end up in the stallion bar. And how do you choose your trainers, whoever shouts you the most or um, tips you the best winners there over um, uh, the period of uh, the last 12 months? Because I know that you're a pretty popular man when you head to the sales these days or the races, Sam. Do you get to choose yeah, them or is it Mr. Zhang? Uh, Mr. Zhang has involvement. We, you know, we chat about, about them, but... Um, yeah, at the end of the day, sort of Mr. Zhang has, you know, the final say, and um, but we um, we'll talk about it and and why we think this horse would suit this trainer or, or that trainer to, you know, give the horse the best opportunity. Well, um, and will you go to Japan for their upcoming sales in the middle of the year? Will you will you try and get into that market? Because when you have a look at world racing, Japan seemed to be the number one seeds at the moment. Yes, we will. Um, Mr. Zhang actually brought uh, 25 mares up in Japan um, late last year, um, and uh, we'll head uh, head back up there in, in July. There's the uh, the foal and, and yearling sale, and uh, Mr. Zhang has a license to race uh, in Japan. Um, so um, okay. we've got a couple of uh, horses up there currently. So um, he'll look to you know, maybe buy another. Um, you know, foal or yearling to um, take through and, and race up there. Do those Japanese mares, are they in Australia or are they still in Japan? Yeah, so half of them are back here in Australia. Um, the other half uh, went to Ireland um, and um, some of them will likely come out um, later this year to uh, to Australia. I don't know how you keep, how do you keep on top of it, Sam? That's the big, the big question. Yeah, we've um, we've we've got a good group of staff, and um, you know it's just uh, just you know keeping your head down and and keeping across across it all. Um, uh, it's yeah, it gets difficult with the the number of mares knowing all the pedigrees and and so forth. But you just uh, yeah, well, as I said, the staff each, each day you just take a day at the time, and uh, as long as we maintain the, the level of care and and so forth for all the horses, that's the main thing. It's uh, fascinating having a chat to you, Sam. We could speak all day. We appreciate your time here on the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast. Um, um, it's been a lot of fun and best of luck and keep on beating Captain when he puts his hand up. I, I thoroughly enjoy that. Good as well, guys. Thanks very much. <laughs> There's Sam Fairgray from Yulong Farm. I, geez, it's fascinating, Guy. I, I've Like, you've been in this game a lot longer than I have, but the, the, the money that they're spending and they're – brood mares that they are purchasing not only in Australia we think that he spent a lot of money here on the on the Gold Coast which he did there over the last week um what did he spend 33.46 million dollars he took home 31 percent of the sale um or he he was part like the the aggregate sale he was 30 he was 31 percent of that so he purchased a total of 60 mares but it's not just it's not, it's not just the Australian mares that he's purchasing, Captain. Well, he's got a vision, Gareth, and he's obviously got a plan he, and he wants to have, have it in, in, in place in a certain amount of time. And when you get the opportunity to see these good mares at the, at the sales, probably have to take them because you're not really knowing what's going to be subjected to the market in the following 12 months. Yeah. Don't go anywhere, Captain, because I need to ask you about the Queensland Oaks with a host of questions coming through from the captain as well from our, our listeners. So looking forward to that. Don't go anywhere. This is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast. You with Gareth Hall and the captain, Guy Moldcaster. You're listening to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Welcome back uh, to Breeding 
Bloodstock and Banter with the Captain Guy Molecaster Gareth Hall with you. Let's get stuck into a few of the hot topics. So you think secures his 10th Group 1 winner as a sire. He has been some stallion um, guy. What do you like with the So You Thinks? And what do they produce for the breeder out there and also the owner, of course? Well, you know, the So You Thinks are pretty versatile, aren't they, Gareth? You know, yeah. like he's had that horse of Joe Pride's that we actually mentioned on our show last week. And we did. He was good. He stepped up to wait for age and he got the job done and he's going to be hard to beat in the Stradbroke and, and think about it. And But he is very versatile. So, you know, I think you get plenty of bang for your buck with the uh, So You Think progeny. I learned a lesson the other day and I I have um, got a share in a horse that goes okay and then I thought, we'll get his brother at the sale and then look, um, his half-brother and the he doesn't go as good as his brother, of course, but it's a different cross. And it just made me think, so I had to, I've got to ask the captain about this. How important are the crosses? First of all, I'm looking for an athlete, Gareth. Yes. So I'm not, I'm not going running back because I bought the half brother and I think it goes good. And I've done that sometimes and it's worked sometimes and other times it hasn't. But first of all, you're looking for a nice horse and then you're having a look at the pedigree and seeing what, you know, seeing if, if you're, we can pigeonhole it to some sort of degree. Yeah. What about these Japanese stallions that are starting to make their mark in a way in this country? Um, we'll get to Brave Smash in just a moment, but Itotsu is about to go and kick off his breeding career. Will Bourne, who is like, you're the sexiest man in the bloodstock game, but Will Bourne, you might be the king, but Will Bourne might be the prince. Now he's purchased on behalf of Kiramar seven mares to go to, Itotsu, which is a son of Maurice. Do you think that this stallion will make a, his mark, a, the Guineas winner? No reason why he can't, yeah. Gareth. Maurice is a bloody good stallion. And and the Japanese have, have amazing bloodlines, and they probably complement our Australian bloodlines as well. So I think when you get blood from different jurisdictions, it can have a little bit of a, a, bit of a surge in the performance of the animal. Yeah. And I think it's important for the industry that we do get some Japanese bloodlines in, into this country, which we have, Captain. Oh, you need it to be t- totally diverse, really, Gareth. Um, otherwise, you end up with too many mares, you know, too many mares by the same stallion. That means you can't find an outcross and that sort of thing. So, you know, like when you say Hitotsu's going to stud and, you know, Maurice has done an amazing job and Brave Smash going to Yarraman, well, he's going to get a great book of mares this year, isn't he? And oh, I love Brave Smash. I think he's one of the rising stars in the stallion roster in this country. I, like a couple of his horses that he's produced already um, have really caught my eye. And I think that he's going to make, like Brave Halo was one of my favourites for Wally Daly, unfortunately passed away. and He was the biggest run in a blue diamond. But with the the, the mares that he served, oh, I think he's done a, a mighty job. So I'm a big fan of him, and obviously Aquas Farm, so um, they had to sell up there. So there's been a lot of farms that have benefited from Aquas Farm selling up, like a, a Yarraman Park that's picked up a Brave Smash, Captain. Yeah, yeah, well, I think Brave Smash will get a terrific book of mares this year, and I'm I'm surprised Jacko hasn't been on to you about going halves with him with his mare at this stage of proceedings. Yeah, we've got to we've got to look into that, Jacko. Surely, with Jacko producing the the number one breeding bloodstock um, podcast in the game that we can get a contra deal or something, Captain. 
Well, I, I reckon if Jacko gets up there and cleans a few troughs at Yarraman and talks yeah. to Harry nicely, he could get a little bit of a 10% discount or something. Yeah, you'd probably try and ask Ryan Invincible or something like that. Hey, uh, Likes, can't he? Hey, Captain, have you ever thought about owning a farm? Yeah, not particularly, Gareth. No. I think you're better off to stick to your own knitting, really. Yeah. Can you? Would you be able to drive a tractor and put up fences and the like? Can drive a tractor. I'd be useless at putting up fences. I hate cleaning troughs. Broken water pipes are not one of my specialties. There's too much to go wrong on a farm for my liking. Yep. So that just explains, folks, when you have a look at the captain's journey in racing, he did work with some of the great trainers, but now he lives in the, the penthouse on the Gold Coast. So there was no chance that the captain would ever been a would have been a trainer because um he doesn't like to get his hands dirty. Unlike Mr. Jang, as we just heard with Semi Fairgrey. Now, what about this, Oaks, on Saturday afternoon? Can you do it again? Did you purchase the Chris Waller train filly in this race? Yes, we bought her out of New Zealand, Gareth, and, and her run was more than satisfactory the other day. I'm a little bit disappointed with Super Chilled's wide barrier, so we're going to need a little bit of J-Mac magic. But the horse I am leaning to is Fireburn. Yeah. Um, she's won two group ones. She looks way above these on ratings she's gonna have to have a pretty good ride from Collett, but he gave her a pretty good ride the other day she's won 4.6 million dollars she's by the very very underrated siren rebel dane whose whose numbers are absolutely amazing for the limited amount of mares he's had yeah so go with the gary portelli trained fireburn to give Rebel Dane a big one here in Queensland. So when you're having a look at the Oaks and you're having a look at a couple of the, the main chances here, we'll just start with Fireburn, who's by Rebel Dane, and then you go to a Ferris Way, which is by Astern. You wouldn't have thought those two sides, when they kicked off their careers, would be producing Oaks winners, Captain. I think three-year-old fillies, Cream normally rises to the top. Fireburn's out of a So You Think mare. We gave, we had a talk yeah. about So You Think before. When they're better than them, if this was a handicap, she'd have 63 and that all have 50, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the difference. Yes, she's been to a few dances, but, you know, her last run was probably one of her best runs for a while. Now, Captain, I remember ringing you up, ringing, um, before I got to really know you, of course, at Moldcaster Bloodstock, and I rang you up and I said, any chance that you could fit me into that Rebel Dane? Because that just pricked my ears a little bit, the captain purchasing a Rebel Dane. And it was it was gone within an hour. Yeah, he was a beautiful horse, and there weren't many of them at the sales this year. And I spotted him early in the sale and uh, had a bit of a look at him and then went back and had another look at him. And was actually surprised what, that he made 140000 I thought he might have made a little bit more, but you can get lucky sometimes, Gareth. So the Rebel Danes, you're a big fan. Is there any other stains at the moment, like a Rebel Dane, that you can't wait to see their progeny at the at the next sales? Maybe the, the underrated stallions that you think that you could get for a, a good price and be ahead of the game? Just I know yep. you've probably got a couple, but don't. I know you don't want to give too many of your secrets away. Well, the thing is, Gareth, you actually get a little bit of more appreciation when you go and see them at the Stallion Parades in, in August and September. 
And, you know, when you see them on the farms and you see what their competition looks like and you hear the spiel from the stud master about the statistics and these sort of things it puts out for these stallions. So I think we might just sit on that new season side a little bit later and we'll come up with something uh, close to the breeding season for the listeners. We might take this podcast on the road, the Breeding Bloodstock and Bander with the Captain Guy Moldcast, and we might just see who puts on the best entertainment um, for these stallion parades, Captain. Well, it's a pretty good few days, Gareth, so... (laughs) I think if you, you get the private jet, I'll, I'll make way to the airport. We'll take a break. We've got the captain's multi coming up. We'll also take a look at some of the, the horses that he's purchased that we can keep an eye on this week. I wonder if he's got a couple of unraced gallopers that we should be having a look at, maybe having a pump. I'm looking forward to his multi because he's got state of origin tonight. And I wonder if he's going there being a, an adopted Queenslander these days. And this is, this is what Jacko lives for. He gets to analyze all of the questions from our listeners and then he gets to ask the captain his hero um and see um what he has to say about your questions which are coming up next this is a wednesday you're with gareth hall guy molecaster for breeding bloodstock and banter you're listening to breeding bloodstock and banter with gareth hall and the captain you're listening to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with the Captain Guy Moldcaster, who just had another field day last week, selecting another Derby winner from his homeland of New Zealand with Kovalika, too strong in the Queensland Derby. He made it back-to-back Queensland Derbies after Kukaracha won it. Did Kukaracha win it the previous year, Captain, or was it the year before? No, no, it wasn't because Leith Gerald Innes had his last ride on Pinarello and wrecked our party last year, didn't oh, he, Gareth? yes, he did. How is Leith going, your apprentice? Well, been over here looking at the yearlings this week. Yeah. And he couldn't believe we didn't give him a plug on the show last week. So is he like, obviously, Leith Innes, one of the great jockeys who's been tagging you over the, the sales season. How how's he, how's he done so far when you, when you hand back his report card to Jess, his wife? Well, is, um, he's very good at finding yearlings. Yep. Very expensive to run, Gareth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we might have to just have a little look at the daily rate and just, just bring them back a peg because okay. I seem to have a lot of expenses and not much income with Leith in this moment. Uh, but okay. Jordan, when he comes to the sales, he's going to be better versed and be uh, a lot more um, able to help us with the income. Why can't I stud? We all know that they're superstars. Are Rossens a beauty that they've found there on their roster? I think that, would you say that it, um, over the last couple of years, the New Zealand stallion rosters have improved out of sight, Captain? I think I mentioned this last week with Kovaliki. You know, when horses go come out of Waikato stud, yeah, you don't hold them too much because they might go through a little trough, but they'll definitely come out the other side. And these horses by Adrossen, a beautiful type. So he had a pretty good winner there in New Zealand last week. His book's full for next year. And um, I think if you go and see one of these at the, at the sales, you're going to be pretty impressed. So uh, Rossin's a star. That salt coats. Um, we had a good tip for that on, on Saturday by our man, Robbie Logan. Robbie Logan's a good young kid um, from New Zealand. And I think his sister trained salt coats. So, um, she was, does? Yeah, yes. It, it was very impressive, Salt Coat. So we might give you a bit of a 
I know that you don't like, you know, upsetting too many people. We might get you to rate your top five stallions in New Zealand standing next week, Captain. That can be, um, that can be your job. I might have okay. a crack at it as well. Okay. Well, you you do your five, and I'll I'll say if I agree with them or All right, not. Then that's a very that's a that's a that's a great idea. Now, um, Jackson France joins us. G'day, Jacko. Gareth, Captain, how are you going? Jacko, how are you? Very well, thank you. He's a good, how's, he's a good how's the brute coming along? She's going well. So she had a final scan, got the report from the farm via email last week, and she's safely in foal. So two months to go. And the way Blue Point's It was two going, months last week, Jacko. It was nine weeks last oh, week, Gareth. Okay. So we've got eight to go. So I'm right across it. I'm a little bit nervous if it goes wrong, <laughs> Captain. What am I going to do with him? He's put his life savings into this, this, this foal. <laughs> I'm sure he'll pitch a tent out there when she's in the bloody uh, night watch paddock. Yeah, where's she at now? Uh, so she's at Neuralin Park. Okay. Yeah, so they're in the Gamby Way, sort of based in Arcadia. Beautiful. All right, mate, take it away. What questions have we got so for the captain? So the first one that's come through, captain, is from Dave, and he says, aside from yourself, captain, who do you believe to be the most astute judge in the game when it comes to selecting yearlings? Oh, that's like asking Andrew Johns, who was the greatest halfback. Yeah, I think, uh, Jacko, that's really a little bit tough. I've got a hell of a lot of friends in this industry, Amazing amount of them do a great job, and I wouldn't really like to put a finger on one or two of them, really. Good question, Dave. He, he's a sit for, he sits on the fence, but um, nice try, Dave. I like it. This one's come through from Peter. What sideline do you think could be the next big thing in Australia, Captain? Um, as I've sort of mentioned before, but obviously Peter wasn't listening, I look to buy a type rather than, than a pedigree, and then – then when I've, when I've found the type, the pedigree can sort of come into it a little bit. But I think we've got a lot of young stallions that are going pretty good and, and I expect them to keep going, you know, horses like Brave Smash and Harry Angel and those sort of horses that have started well. And, you know, when you look at the Siuni blood and that, who had the two Group 1 oh, winners yes. last week in Europe, so Mark Basilica is going to have a hell of a good chance down here. Geez, see uni, all right. Just this is um, sorry to interrupt your segment here, Jacko. It's fine, it's your show. But um, that Amelia's jewel, I think it's is it Bar- what's her mum's name, Bubbleina or something like that. Anyway, she's gone back to see uni and she's got a colt. How much is she? And she's going to be sold here. How much will she go for, Captain? Well, we'd have to see what sort of type it is, and we'd have to see if she matches up when she gets over to the eastern states. Yes, you know, but she'll get she'll have, match up, Captain. Put yes, please, she'll yeah. blow them away. Best Gareth, she'll blow them. You know, she'll blow we them. Remember Lee and Placid Ark and those horses. Yeah, I think she might be as good as them, Captain. Yeah, it's about a bit like when you walk out on the pitch. You've got to hit those runs first, Gareth. Eh? <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, we've got a question that's come through from Scott Captain. What's the advice that you would give to someone wanting to buy a broodmare with a budget of around $50,000? Good luck. <laughs> um, okay, so you got your fifty grand, so you're better off doing it on the online auctions, which, which both sales company, Magic Millions and Inglis, have one of those a month, and there's one out in New Zealand from New Zealand Bloodstock under the Gavel House uh, umbrella, and they have one of those a month as well. So you probably just want to scan through all the prospective pedigrees and try and get an early cover to a better stallion. So try and get the bang for your buck. So you don't want to buy a mare that's had too many foals. You don't want a late service and you don't want to buy buy an unfashionable stallion. Yeah. 
And just further to that, Captain, so say Scott's picked up the mare. He's paid around $50,000 and he wants to mate it to a stallion. What's the advice you would give to him when he's then going to, to book to a stallion? Okay, so probably the best thing for Scott is, because he's getting two free hits out of one go here, um, he probably wants to spend about fifteen to 20000 on the service fee. Yeah. No, you don't really want to overmate them. Otherwise, they'll get to the sale and all the other foals by the same sire are going to be out of way better mares. Um, any more questions? That's all that's come through. So we'll uh, we'll put a tweet out this week and hopefully get a few more questions coming through for the captain next all week, right Gareth. Then. Love it. Now, captain. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, captain. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, captain, what are we backing this week more importantly? Well, the greatest bloodstock be- punt of the games ever seen, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't had much luck with the captain since we started our show together. Well, I think you've got to keep going back through the results, Gareth. Didn't we get two out of three last week? Yeah, I think we did, but I I was on colding. I only, I, he's still trying. Think- he's still trying to get out colding. You back think it over as well, though, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Yeah, think about it or think of. Think yeah, something. Sana, so you think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm thinking that the New South Wales have just made up this thing about the bloke Cleary's having a sore tooth. Yeah. Going to get on the pitch and he's going to dominate. And being in Queensland, it's going to piss all the Queenslanders off if New South Wales win tonight. Yeah. So let's have New South Wales all up Fireburn for the weekend. All up Fireburn. All right, then. If Macken knocks Fireburn off, you know what we'll have to like. Well, I'm still happy, Gareth, aren't I? Yeah, I know, but should we have something? Should we have a saver on Macca and, and see Waller? Well, and... why, don't we, why don't we put Super Children in, in, in a little Quinella with, with Renaissance Woman and Fireburn, and then you shouldn't be too far away, should you? No. Do you think we'll win in. Do you, how do you think we'll go in Royal Ascot this year? Um, the trial the other day was a bit inconclusive. Funny, wasn't but it? you also have to remember that those big trainers are not really going to blast them in their last little bit before they get on the bus to go to Ascot. Yeah, I think it was a miss. I think they stuffed up the trial. I don't, I don't know if that whoever was on that flute horse of Mara Nuses was meant to go that quick, Captain. Yeah, what I wouldn't mind being on it on a benchmark race at Sandown in a couple of weeks. No, I think it's. I think it goes around Saturday at Flemington. Well, it's had five starts of four wins, so I think it's probably going to be pretty well found, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Captain, it's always a pleasure. I, I'm a Queensland. I thought you'd be an adopted Queenslander as well, living on the Gold Coast, but that's not the case. Oh, just the way just the way the publicity and the propaganda's been going this week. I reckon it's just they're just trying to throw everybody off the scent, Gareth. Yeah. And just quickly, Warwick Farm, people love this. Race two, number 11, Piercing Arrow, two-year-old Colt. Purchased for a million dollars at last year's Magic Millions yearling sale. Waterhouse and Bot um, is a half to a, a South African stakes winner. Have you been to South Africa yet, Captain, to purchase a, a yearling? No, I haven't, no, Gareth. We'll have to do that. Oh, we could go on safari as well. Yes, yes. Um, hang out with Mike DeCock. Um, Eruptive Force, race two, number 12 at Doombin. Today, $250,000 Caraca book one purchased by Walla Racing. Did you have anything to do with that? Embrace Sokolsky. Um, no. No. Eruptive Force is a half to Explosive Jack. Yes. 
Well, I'm looking forward to going to New Zealand with you because I'm going to follow you along with Lee Dennis and I'm going to buy a classic winner for 100, well, that'll be 100, bloody $110,000. So all the way to next January. And, Captain, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for that, mate. We'll catch up with you next week. Awesome, Gareth. Look forward to it. And thanks for your great efforts, Jacko.